0: Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madat. Thanks again for joining us on this one. Today I have Roger Furman. He is Vice President of Sales over at Growth Zone in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good morning, Roger. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing just uh, doing fine as well. Thank you. Good. I pre- appreciate uh, you being here. Listen, do me a favor. Say hi to everybody and a quick intro.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Roger Furman. I recently joined Growth Zone as our vice president of sales for the past two months now. We're an association management software that assists member based organizations grow and retain uh, their membership. We have uh, you know organizations range from size of 30 to more to more than 50,000 members. I'm born and raised from Dubuque, Iowa. I get a lot of of teasing living in Minnesota being from Iowa. There's a lot of Iowans that live up here, but I came from a large family, a very competitive family. I have seven brothers and sisters pretty much scattered throughout the US and one living over in Thailand.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Good. Well, listen, we are recording this for everybody uh, the Friday before Memorial Day. And so, Roger, I'd love to ask you, uh, I anticipate this is going to be a different Memorial Day for most of us, given what's going on in the world. And right. uh, how are you doing right now? How's, there, how's your team? How's your family? Uh, how are you hanging in there?
1: Hanging in there pretty well. The team, uh, the, the organization, Growth Zone, has really handled this well. It hasn't impacted us too much to this point, knock on wood. Uh, we have a great uh, customer base, uh, understanding uh, what their needs are and trying to be proactive with that. On a personal note, my family and I, as everyone else, kind of struggles a little bit being cooped up. Um, this Memorial Day weekend, we usually go to my in-law's cabin in northern Minnesota, but are unaware to do that or not aware, not able to do that now because of the COVID and don't want to risk uh, you know, them getting sick. So we're now trying to figure out what we're going to do this weekend, hopefully outside.
0: Well, listen, I have to say, you know, despite uh, the, you know, the limitations and the inconvenience of, you know, being cooped up and quarantined and so on, I'm glad to hear that everybody seems to be okay, and hopefully we're getting in front of this, and uh, there's a light there, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Roger, listen, good morning. Thanks so much for being here. Let's get into it then. Uh, I'm looking sure. forward to you sharing your story, as we talked about before I hit record here. Uh, the title of the podcast, Your Intention Matters, it's because... You create what you have. Nothing was probably gifted to you. And we all have a, most of us in sales have a meandering path. And so if you're ready to go, um, let's get into it. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Clark College, BA of Mass Communication. You had a VP of Sales in your destiny, didn't you? you? You had, that's what you thought you'd be doing, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I chose Clark College oh, oh, oh. Uh, in Dubuque, Iowa. It's a very small private college, great college. Um, I'm not the, uh, the best test taker, if you will. So I, I struggled a little bit. I did my homework and got my grades up the best that I could. But education really wasn't uh, something that I longed to do. However, uh, I decided to go to Clark College they had a smaller class size. So average size class was anywhere from 14 to 16 people. So I needed that more of uh, being aware and staying, uh, staying uh, alert with what was going on. And plus, it didn't help that the ratio for women to men were three to one. So for every, <laughs> there's three girls for every one guy. So that used to be an all-female college. So that was nice as well. So uh, I originally went there for computer information systems. I thought that I wanted to be a developer and uh, program. I had the original apples that I learned how to do some basic programming on. I uh, took a couple of classes in high school for programming. And uh, when I got to college, it's like, whoa, I do not want to sit behind a computer all day wow. and just write code. Pascal, COBOL, FORTRAN, it's like, no way. And my older brother um, was a programmer, developer, and seeing him and what he was doing. Plus, I wasn't that gifted in math, so it made it a little bit even more <laughs> difficult. So uh, at that time, I was like, what am I going to do? I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with my grades. This isn't really what I want to do. And uh, a, a colleague of mine that was there said, you seem to really be good at, you know, leading people and uh, organizing events. You really care about it. You should get the communications. You're good at, you know, kind of creating some excitement around something that's not exciting. So uh, I eventually looked into the communication department and, and met with one of the college professors there by the name of Abdul Sino. Great guy. Um, him and I clicked right away and I thought, well, he had some great life stories of what he was doing. I, I think I want to kind of get under his wing, if you will, and, and learn about communications and public relations. So that's kind of where I took off and loved it ever since.
0: And so when you graduated and, and you made that discovery that, OK, so I'm going to make a I'm going to pivot here, you know, midstream, so to speak. Uh, did you actually convert that into a career for a while?
1: I thought I needed to. That was the next step. I can still remember a week before graduation, sitting on my mom's couch, reading the newspaper back in the day. That's where you found jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, if people still read the newspaper. But um, looking at that, I saw an advertising sales executive. I'm like, I don't want to get in sales, but uh, I need a job. So I remember just picking up a sitting shorts on the couch, just picked up and called this gentleman and Asked to do some advertising sales for him and really had to convince him to do an interview with me because I caught him off guard that I actually called him. And uh, so I got an interview two days later. I remember it was a Friday before graduation and got the job offer um, to be an advertising sales executive for a military trader collectible magazine selling advertising space. So it was a brand new publication. So I uh, took that job, was excited that uh, I was. Gonna, I got a job. So at graduation, I can honestly say that I had a job when I
0: graduated. Well, great. And so, listen, I'm curious about something. Given that you were going down a different path with your your education in college, uh, any pushback from the family regarding your decision to not pursue a career in that space at all? Uh, No,
1: they were just glad that I had a job. (laughs)
0: Um, And it was local, so I could still be around the family there
1: in Dubuque. Um, But no, there wasn't much pushback. And, you know, upon starting there, you know, you learn kind of, the importance of onboarding with new hires. There wasn't really one that existed, so you're self-taught, which I've kind of been all my life. Um, And uh, I said, I got to stick this out for a year, about three months into it. I knew this isn't what I wanted to do, but I had to force myself to learn the trade, force myself to be motivated, force myself to stay positive and not be negative. And show up like this is, you know, this is my career. This is the start of my career. I got to build off of this. But really, I try to understand what I want to do with my career long term after that.
0: You know, Roger, sometimes, you know, it's funny uh, with with what I do for a living, I have a chance to really work with some really great, talented, you know, sales professionals, uh, tenured and green and in between and so on. And oftentimes people will get into sales with a leap of faith and they think, okay, so I'm kind of what you were into. I needed a job. Let's give it a go. I certainly was in that boat as well. When I, were, when I started with Xerox, I didn't know anything about the company in terms of their history, training or pedigree mm-hmm. or nothing. I was out of work and I needed a job. So you think, well, let's take a shot at it. And so you're, you're starting your career. You take a shot, but I also see some really good, great people they don't make it in sales. It's just not for them. Uh, they, they, can't, um, they can't handle the, the pressure of the number and the competitiveness and the environment. Some companies are very 30-day driven with their approach and the first of the month doesn't exist. And so I'm curious about something. So you, you do this, not really planning to do this, as most of us didn't really plan to get into sales. Um, how did you turn the corner? Uh, did you ever early on, like mentally quit, think oh, I got to do something else? Or, or was it smooth sailing pretty good along the way?
1: A lot of bumps. Um, again, it's it's really, to your point, you ha- it's, it's, it's what matters deep inside of you. And you've got to have the passion to want to do it. And when you start to lose that passion, you start to feel like a failure, you start taking it out on yourself personally, and it's mm-hmm. just demotivating, and it impacts everybody around you. So um, when I realized that this isn't really what I wanted to do was to sell advertising space and specifically in the military space, great people. I've educated myself a lot in that area, but I just realized that, that I needed to do, step up and do something different. And that's when I realized with my former background through college, I ran the New Student Orientation while I was there. I worked in the admissions office giving tours. Um, I thought I'm going to get into management. And I also coached uh, was the assistant coach at the college while I was there for soccer. And then that was in the fall. And then I, I was assistant coach for high school soccer in the spring in Dubuque as well for men and women. So I did men for three years and women's for one. So being able to lead and put the right talent in the right positions to make your team successful, it really related to management. So I started looking for manager jobs in mm. and, uh, and the paper again, and I saw one in a small town of Old Wine, Iowa, a very small town at the time, I think population 7,000, that was looking for a manager to run a call center, which was outbound sales. And I'm like, well, I have some sales experience. I can lead a team. No one wants to move to Old Wine, Iowa, so I'm a good candidate. <laughs> and they're based out of Dubuque as their corporate office. So interviewed there, and um, they took a chance on me to put me into a manager role. And that really excelled my passion for not only employees, but people doing the right thing at the right time, being honest and and keeping people motivated. So to your question back, you know, when people aren't fit for sales... You know, sometimes it's just they are, they just don't realize it. When you say telemarketing, people are like, oh, you're one of the annoying people that pick up the phone and call me while I'm eating dinner. I'm like, right. well, you're a programmer. You're one of the annoying people when I stick my <laughs> ATM card in the machine. It doesn't work. Well, that's not <laughs> me. <laughs> well, that's not me either. You know, so it's one of those. But, you know, telemarketing's is sell a good or service over, you know, yeah. via the phone. So people don't realize it. And every time you deal with somebody, you're in sales. So I try to strip the label away and say you're not a sales. You're an advisor trying to help these people make their lives or their position better so and it isn't for everybody i've had to work with a lot of people and move them into different roles throughout several different organizations and i still keep in touch with them now there's a gentleman that i managed from london um great guy hard working and he just hit a point in life where he's like i'm not good at sales and and uh, moved to columbia and Hmm. i just had a conversation with him last night talking to him a little bit about you know what are you doing he's like i realized i want to get back into sales you know i miss it And I never thought myself as a sales rep. So, you know, it's just one of those where it takes some time to realize uh, with individuals that, you know, they do have the passion. They just it it may not be the right time for them. And it's not for everybody. But
0: well, well, you know, to piggyback on that comment about it's not for everybody, you know, uh, leadership is also not for everybody either. And so it's one thing for you to be a really dominant individual contributor as a sales professional and crush it and do very well and love it. But management is very different, and it looks like you've, you've really taken to that because looking at your career manager, director, now VP of sales, did you struggle uh, with that early on, uh, or did it um, come just naturally to you? Because I struggled as a manager. I was terrible at it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I was.
1: I think the benefit that I had was I was never really a sales rep for a long period of time. So I didn't get stuck in that sales mentality. I took it as my lessons learned in my first sales job of how do I want to be treated and what do I need from my manager or company to be successful? And so the titles that I have to me, it's, you know, there was a book I read a long time ago, which was you don't need a title to be a leader. And that's the honest to God truth. So Hmm. I don't, All the positions that I've had and the titles I had are either ones that I didn't really apply for. They were just given to me because, you know, you excel at leading a team, you excel at doing the right thing, you excel at keeping people motivated. And um, so those are some of the things that I've moved through. Um, And so I always picture my job as I work for the employees, regardless if they directly or indirectly report to me. And you also need a solid executive management team to support that. You're in this together, you win together and you lose together. Hmm. And when you lead sales, you have a lot on your shoulders. I've, I can tell you how many times I've come home going, I, man, these, these 185 employees that work for this company are dependent on me. Yeah. And so that's a lot of pressure you put on yourself, but you then have to say either step up to the plate and, you know, make sure you surround yourself with good talent to help with that. But then one person will break that whole mold. So oh, fair to be careful, enough. Careful on that.
0: Fair enough. And so Roger, thus far in your story, uh, we're still in Iowa, and yet you're in Minnesota now. How did that happen?
1: So the call center that I work for out of Old um, you Iowa, know, I grew that from, I think I had 40 full and part-time employees to over 90 within a couple of years and bought the building we we're in and grew that up. They needed to start attracting some larger customers, and so they were looking at building a larger call center somewhere that had you know a good i wouldn't say unemployment rate that sounds negative but an attractive place that we could attract some talent to work for us and they found a place in superior wisconsin right across the bridge from duluth minnesota and so they asked me to run up go up there and start attracting uh, some larger customers Uh, so we opened up a 175 seat inbound and outbound call center up there which i managed and ran The negative thing with that, you know, getting back up to Minnesota, the story is the building burnt down about six months into it.
0: Oh, oh man. I hope um, everybody was okay. hope it was No, everybody was fine. It was a
1: Sunday, but, uh, you know, it was was really sad. So I'm, what, 26 years old trying to figure out, what do I do now? And the owner, I remember talking to him saying, well, go find another building. Well, how do you do that? Mm. You know, well, you're going to have to put together a disaster recovery plan. What the heck is
0: that? Right.
1: So, you know, you work your butt off. And again, it's you understand the employees are worried. Do I have a job? What am I going to do? So within a couple of months, actually, it was within a week, I worked with the mayor that found another building, Uh, took over their building within a week after that and had an office, a temporary office kind of set up for half of the employees within about a month. But that was uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears in that, I tell you.
0: And you've been in Minnesota for how long now? uh, since 98. So really, 22 years now you've been in Minnesota.
1: Yeah. All right. While up, while up there after the, uh, the, the, you know, putting that company back together, it came to the end of the year, which, you know, it's like, okay, great. I should be compensated, which I never really chased. that's the other advice I'll give. Don't take a management role for money Mm. that that you're, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But, you know, at that time, I was like, okay, I'll get paid. Well, I'll, I'll get something here. And, the company lost a lot of money in that fire, didn't have enough insurance coverage for that. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to move on. I need to do something bigger and better that I feel like I'm actually getting compensated for the work that I do. And so I was getting hit up by a lot of recruiters and headhunters in the Minneapolis area and finally took took a position to relocate down to Minneapolis uh, to work for a company called Medical Arts Press.
0: All right. So so 20 plus years now in uh, in Min- in the state of Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, isn't it the isn't it the the, the tagline Ten Thousand Lakes or keep me honest here What's it called
1: Yeah, State of Ten Thousand Lakes yeah, yeah,
0: exactly Right Okay Good So you're in Minnesota You made a, a great life for yourself there uh, I know that you're at Growth Zone now uh, New opportunity uh, I want to chat with you about that But um, how did you find your way to Growth Zone uh, Did you raise your hand Were you out of work How did that happen
1: yeah, so I was doing some independent consulting after departing a company called Site Improve after eight years of building that organization up. And I didn't, I wanted to take some time to go, okay, what's my next venture? What's my next journey? My career has always been intentionally leaving one industry, let's say legal marketing, for example, going into software as a service within a technology company selling auditing software. So the reason I jumped from different industries or verticals or niches, if you will, is because it's a challenge for me. I can come in and start fresh. I can leave my background behind me and move forward with something new. And it's a big challenge. And when your leader comes in with passion and excitement and just drive and questions everything, and why do we do it this way? What do you guys think? How else should we go about this? You've been doing it this long. It gets the team all riled up and they're all excited to want to work hard for you. So, and it makes your job more fun. So um, I got independent consulting, just helping a couple of smaller businesses here and there with their sales, either best practices, methodology, coming up with some strategy on how to prospect, things in that nature, things that I'm really good at. And I was uh, solicited by a recruiter saying uh, there's a company based in Nisswa, Minnesota, which is near Brainerd, um, up in uh, the northwest, uh, very, very attractive part of the state, uh, very, a lot of cabins, lakes, fishing, mm. snowmobiling, you name it. Had a company up there that was called Growth Zone that they're looking for a new VP of sales to come in that has software uh, sales experience to help build that up and asked if I was interested. And so I looked into Growth Zone and it, hmm, my previous company sold to some chamber of commerces and associations. I'm familiar with that industry of it, but it's a totally different type of product that they sell. Yeah, I'm interested. And uh, went through the interviewing stage, met this awesome executive team that really, really worked together. They're investors that have come in and late of last year are very patient, they're very family friendly, family focused, employee focused, all the, the ingredients for me to make me successful and make that company successful. So it was a good um, relationship, good merge, if you will, for my abilities and background and that leadership team and what they have. And uh, it's been a great two months. There's a lot to learn yet, but I feel that I'm making an impact on growing that organization.
0: Well, you know, Roger, congrats on what you've been able to create, uh, you know, this far in your career. Uh, you know, for those that are regular listeners to the podcast here, I've mentioned this on occasion before that, you know, the, the the best day of my professional life was a day that I actually got laid off. Uh, you know, call it come 20 years ago now almost and I wasn't even in sales yet. I was in more finance side, which is where I was going down. And of course, I didn't think it was the best day of my life at the time, but looking back on it now, it was because it allowed me to change careers, and had that not happened, who knows what I'd be doing today? I'd be behind, I'd be behind a desk, you know, crunching numbers, which just is just not me. So, uh, has that ever happened to you? Ever been in the spot where, um, where, where you were you out of work at all in, in your you know, twenty-five plus year run here? Yeah, multiple yeah?
1: times due to either sales of uh, the organization sold off. Uh, as I mentioned, that company, with Medical Arts Press, I built that company from. You know, very small one or two sales reps up to, you know, over close to 150 open an office in North Dakota, and they sold off to Staples and Quill and said, you know, you're done. Thanks. See you later. So that was my first Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life um, type of thing and, and uh, was you know, lucky enough to find a job three months later and so forth. So um i would say you know the, the best part you know and this may sound corny but is your family your family is what you know is the glue that keeps you together it's what you strive and work hard for um, there was a time where i was laid off uh from an educational software technology company where the economy was really tanking back at that time and people were you know making 60 thousand dollar jobs being offered for 30 forty thousand because the economy was struggling so that's when I said, I'll, I'll do some independent consulting. I'm sure that people aren't going to want to hire full-time employees, but hire someone on a contract basis. So I did that. I had to fly back and forth from Minneapolis to Cleveland, Ohio for six months doing that type of transition and brought my, my younger family to out there for you know, a month or so just to be with me as much as possible. So that was a, an eye-opener, but just keep plugging away, saying it'll eventually work. But you can't wait for something to happen. You've got to make it happen. And uh, that's by being proactive, building network, building, um, you know, your 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 Rolodex of people to stay in touch with, and and make it last. So don't only reach out to them when you're in trouble; it's constantly. I mean, you have to do your due diligence to keep that um, that uh, relationship open with other businesses and individuals.
0: Well, Roger, Roger, I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story here. And you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, one of the pieces of advice that you you had more around management is don't get into it because you think the pay is going to be there you, you have to do it for other reasons and and that resonated with me because uh, you know I was doing it for the wrong reason I guess at the time so to speak yeah. maybe that's why I was so ineffective at it but um, well listen I appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story with us sincerely uh, continued success at growth zone I know it's a couple months in and you didn't have this you know, written up, take a new job and manage a pandemic, but it sounds like you've got the right mindset and, uh, Thank you. and you'll be able to, to plow through this as, as you've you know, got through the 9-11 you know, scare that we had and then the 2007 mortgage crisis. And this one here, hopefully we'll get through this as well. And so thanks again for being here. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, same here. Thanks, Paul. You're appreciate welcome.
0: It. Have a All right, everybody. Listen, thanks so much for being here. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because as I always say, that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll do it again next week. Be safe, everyone.